Hello from all around the world and welcome to the Crazy About Crypto Show, an interactive live podcast on Twitter Spaces for anyone exploring crypto and wanting to learn more from others that have already dived into the space. From NFT artists to savvy crypto investors to everyday people just like you and I, this is a place where we can come together and learn about this new wave of innovation. Today's guest caught my attention when he started sharing on Twitter his journey to flip NFT avatars up to the holy grail of a CryptoPunk. He started with two Ethereum in April and documented his journey all the way up to buying a 31 Ethereum punk back in July. And since, he's flipped that punk for over 60 Ethereum and was able to purchase another one with the profit. For hundreds that try, there's always some success stories, and the journey of today's guest is truly epic. Chip, welcome to the Crazy About Crypto Show. Yeah, thanks so much for the introduction. Yeah, I'm so excited that you took some time to be here. It couldn't have been a better time to have you, especially with the craziness that's happening right now in the uh, NFT avatar space. So this is going to be a fun one. I'm really excited to chat with you as um, almost all avatar projects are reaching all-time high floors. It's it's really a cool time to be in this space. But to start, we always start with the same question for our guests, and that is to just kind of spend a minute or two explaining your journey into crypto. Um, if you were in crypto before you got into NFTs, I kind of want to hear about that journey. And if it was if NFTs were the beginning of your journey, kind of tell us how you got started and uh, took that dive into into the crypto lane. Yeah, no, for sure. So I, I basically bought my first uh, Bitcoin on I think it was like April 2021. So I'm, I'm, I'm a noob in this space, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm very lucky because I have, I have awesome friends who, who helped me out through this space. I've heard of crypto before. Um, I've heard it since 2017. I had a financial background. Um, I used to work for, you know, consultants, just Anthony Young. And like, um, I, I used to work for banking, uh, in the banking industry in Morgan Stanley. So I, I was aware of this space, but I was just never convinced. Until, you know, a few months back, which is February 2021, and I bought my first Bitcoin. And um, it wasn't one Bitcoin, it was like zero point whatever mm-hmm. amount, you know. <laughs> and then um, I bought some Ethereum as well. And like many of us, I'm assuming, right? Um, February, everything seemed great. Everything looked good all the way till April. And by the time, um, I think it was like in May, I was basically like 30% down. You know, yeah. and I was, and I, and I played it quite safe. I mean, I, I, I only held like Ethereum and Bitcoin, but even then, I think my average cost for Bitcoin was like fifty thousand, probably forty-eight thousand, mm-hmm. maybe. And then my average cost for Ethereum was probably around like three thousand five hundred, maybe I don't know, three thousand three hundred. So I, I didn't make it at all with with crypto, and that was when. Um, I have a friend who maybe some of you know as well. Um, he's owned cats, apes. He has punk as well. His name is Aventan. He's pretty big on Twitter. I think he has like 6.5K followers. And he's been trying to get me into NFTs. And he he, he told me about board apes. And um, I, was, I was really interested just because, you know, I have a two-year-old. And my two-year-old's favorite animal is a board ape. Is, is, is monkeys. He, mm-hmm. he just loves monkeys. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll buy one just because uh, my son really loves monkeys anyways. So it was like the perfect NFT. I started looking for um, for a board ape that I like. 
you know, at that time the floor was 0.3 E. So I was like, okay, let me look for apes that I might like. And then um, Evan introduced me to rarity tools. Mm -hmm. So I've been looking at rarity tools for a few days, looking at apes, um, but I haven't actually bought one. One day, I saw a laser-eyed four-trait ape. I don't know if some of you guys know what that means, but that's really valuable. I think that's worth like 40 ETH now. It was listed at two ETH, and it was like rank 40 on rarity tools. And you know, you you you, you go. I mean, if I was looking at rarity tools at that time, there was nothing below um, four ETH for like a top hundred ape. So I was like, you know what? Maybe this is it. I'm just gonna buy it. I looked at how long it's been listed. It was probably listed for eight minutes. Um, so I was like, maybe nobody has seen it, and it is that good of a deal. And I did, and I and I bought it for two ETH. Two ETH at that time was like, I think ETH was three thousand six hundred dollars. So it was a lot of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just ru- jumped through it to it, and I bought it. And I was shaking, you know, my hands were shaking because you know it's a crazy amount of money at that time. Because you just spent uh, six grand on a JPEG. I know, I know. It's and it's my first JPEG, basically, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and then I, I went to Discord on the Apes Discord, which I was already a part of before, just because I was window shopping. And the guys were going crazy. Like they said, I got a steal. And like, oh, it should be worth five ETH, eight ETH. And I was just so happy. But I didn't list it right away. I think if I listed right away, maybe I could have sold for eight ETH. But what happened was. Um, Board apes at that time lost their momentum. So board apes prices started falling down. The floor crept down from 0.3 to 0.2. And I was panicking. I was like, holy shoot, what happens if I lose everything here? So I decided to list it at 4E, which at that time was so much money. And it and it was sold within like three days. And I was so happy. I made two ETH in three days. I was not convinced of NFTs just yet. I was just like, you know. It, it, it just helped me make more ETH and maybe this is the way to accumulate ETH. So, but I, I was happy because I made two ETH. So I was like, maybe I should start doing it more. And that's how my journey started. You know, I, I started buying, I, I never, since then I've, I, I've never had the courage to buy a two ETH, um, you know, JPEG for a very long time. I just continued on flipping 0.3 ETH ones and 0.5 ETH ones. But, you know, after a while, I got my confidence again and I started buying more expensive ones. So that's how it started, really. I really love having you on the show because there's um, quite a few people that I have on the show are in the space a little longer and they have a little more perspective of like a longer range than uh, maybe that you do because you've been more recent. But I think a lot of listeners to this podcast and this show um, that find this this helpful and useful are kind of in the same shoes that, that you have been in and probably resonate a lot with the journey that you went through because... Uh, because it was a little more recent. You kind of got in at the beginning of uh, the NFT avatar race, and that's when we're still kind of in that, and people are still trying to figure out that... um, that element of how to get success in the space. So I I think it's fun to have you on and I really appreciate you sharing your story. And I think we're going to learn a lot um, from you in this, in this 
podcast because there are a lot of people that um, that haven't really dived in yet. And so I think that you can maybe um, instill a little courage in them by hearing the story and the success that you had and probably a lot of the lessons that you learned along the way too. So one thing that you talked about that specifically was that when you had purchased that first one, you kind of realized that it was a steal and then you sold it and it, you sold it for four ETH. And, um, and then you started to think, you know, like how grateful you were that you flipped it. But then I know there had to also be part of you in the back of your head because of human emotion that was like, did I just sell that for way too, like way too cheap? So how do you deal with some of the uh, human emotions that get involved in it? Uh, it's, tell me kind of that journey from the beginning when you probably had a little more difficulty to like towards the end when you maybe were figuring it out a little better. So, you know, um, I, I, I share things with my wife all the time. And obviously my wife thinks I, I sell everything too cheap. <laughs> but, you know, um, for me, at that time, I, I was I was really not convinced of NFTs just yet. Obviously, I have a very different perspective now than before. But what I did was I told myself that every single time I sell, I need to buy one right away, right? So I bought one, but I just de-risked. That's what I did, right? If I, I flip one from two ETH, four ETH, then I'll buy another one. For sure, I'll buy another one, but a cheaper one. So I get to take some profits home. That's what I used to do. Right. And obviously, once my um, confidence started growing, I started not only just buying one, but I started buying two instead of one. But I don't think there was ever a point even when um, I actually held more than three apes, you know, just because I, I, I was just not, you know, I, I, because I'm so new, I'm still, you know, kind of skeptical with cryptos. I just lost a lot of money there. And I was kind of scared that I lose a lot of money in, in NFTs as well. So I was, you know, kind of, cautious but at the same time what I did was um, I, I really like sniping it takes a lot of time to snipe you, you got to study the market very well right so in the first few weeks what I did was instead of really just you know buying something hoping that the price will go up I would actually snipe and I would know the market so well too and I would check recently listed all the time on OpenSea or on rarity tools or whatever it was I would check it all the time to a point where if it was listed, I'd probably get it, right? If it's undervalued, that's probably me. Or I know a couple of other guys that, you know, are really good snipers. You know, you probably know them in, in on Twitter as well. So such as True Charlie, um, Yap Museum, um, RDM. There's a lot of guys who just snipe and, and they're really good snipers and they, they know the market so well. They know a good deal and they'll buy it in a second. Right. So that's what I did in the beginning when I didn't have confidence, right? When I didn't believe in the space yet, I snapped and sold it within a day or two days or even three days because I know I got it at a good deal and I could sell it at fair value or a little bit above fair value, right? But obviously that style has changed over time just because now I'm actually, I actually believe in the space. I actually want to put an ETH in the space and I'm, I'm ready to ride it for a few weeks, a few months and even years. Right. But for some of you that are new, I would I would just to get that confidence, I would recommend that you study the market and then just snipe. Right. And then and then you can sell it within a day. And then and then when you make some ETH, whether it's 0 0.2, 0 0.1 or 0 0.4 or even like 10 ETH or whatever it is, you'll grow in confidence. 
and suddenly once you get to know the community more you start believing not only in the community but you start believing in the product itself you know what i'm saying yeah and i think that's huge and i think another thing that you mentioned is that when your confidence was low you played around with much smaller amounts of eth because you maybe felt a little more confident that if you had lost that it wasn't going to be like the end of the world um and so i think that's a lesson that kind of permeates in this podcast from everyone is just when you're into a new space or when you're into a space that isn't um as established uh it's important to go in and be careful because as much as success as you saw, you could have easily have lost it if the market had turned like Bitcoin and Ethereum and it went, it kept going down instead of up. Um, the timing of the market is not something that anyone can really determine. Uh, and so it's really important to always remember that, especially when you're new, is don't get in over your head. Always be careful. And I think that's an important lesson that you kind of spoke on that I just wanted to uh, say resonated with me, especially when I started in crypto um, back in 2017 and 18. I just learned a lot of lessons from like um, basically using my uh, liquidity, but I wasn't, I wasn't putting too much risk risk um, for my personal life. Like you don't want to risk your your personal well-being. You don't want to, you know, you hear people that say that they want to, you know, sell everything so they can buy Bitcoin. You just have to, you have to be okay with the uh, the result of the backside of that too, if it turns on you. And, and so you always have to consider that in the back of your head. All right. One thing I really uh, appreciate you talking about was that you were really fast about flipping um, and trying to get a profit and move on. Um, but at the the reverse side of that, I'm sure you've had stories where it, it you started to see um, the market turn. And so I wanted I wanted you to talk on maybe some of the. Um, some of the times where you had to take a loss and what, when you knew you needed to take a loss and move on from it. So what's crazy is that I, I almost have zero losses. Like, I, I don't think like, cause I, I, I buy only good deals. I only buy good value items. I think the only loss that I, well, I've, I've never lost a single ETH on, on, on BAYC ever. Um, even though I flip within days, um, within even the same day sometimes, but I don't think there's ever been a loss. The only loss that I remember was... I'll have to say, you are um, a lucky man, and that, 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 is, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that is somewhat maybe skill, but also a lot of luck. Yeah, no, no, I, you're, you're right. I'm, I'm very, very lucky in that way, in that sense. Um, I think I've only lost in craniums. I think um, there was one... Craniums, I bought a couple. I, I met, I, I made a couple of ETH in Cranium. So I was already in profit for a bit. Maybe I was like in profit by like three, three point five ETH. And I was like, we, I have a, I have a WhatsApp group with my friends, and we were just talking about Craniums. And I got really hyped, and I was like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna get a, a, a good Cranium. I got a laser eye Cranium. I usually only buy things that is like good value, right? But at that point, I was like, I'm going to get one that's really nice for me. I got a laser eye cranium for one ETH, I think, or 0.95 or something. And the, 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 the market just turned on me. Like cranium market just completely turned, and I had to sell it at 0.5 ETH, 0.55 ETH. I don't really remember, but probably that's the only time that, that I've ever actually lost money on a flip. 
So, um, so when you're looking yeah. at a flip, I mean, you've gotten you got really good at like the skill of trying to determine value for a very f- quick flip. So tell us, I know you talked about rarity tools. What were some of the things like whenever you went into a project, it doesn't sound like necessarily you um, you looked as much at the back story or like the developers you you may, more were going with momentum. If a market was going up, you try to buy uh, a good value and try to flip it quickly. So tell me about like, how did you determine, oh, I need to get into this project at this time so that you didn't end up losing money? When was the kind of the light bulb for you? Uh, Let me get in right now so I can quick flip while this momentum is going up. So, um, so I'm not a big mint guy, right? Um, Like I don't, I don't mint a lot of stuff. So I, I, I'm, I'm just, I, I always feel I know we talk about luck and, and I'm lucky in the sense that, um, like, you know, the market has never turned me at a bad time, but I've actually never been lucky on any mint that I've ever done. Like I've never gotten more than 0.5 ETH probably on any mint, like in terms of profit, I've just never gotten a rare thing at all. And, and I mint well, I wouldn't say a lot, but quite a bit. So in that sense, I'm unlucky. So what I usually do, I like to play the secondary market a little bit more when I can already see the properties, I can see the, the metadata, I can see um, the attributes. And then and then that way, um, you know, I, I can find a good deal. So going back to momentum, right? I don't even deal with momentum. I, I Like sniping, when you snipe, I don't really look at momentum. Obviously, momentum is great if, if, if it's with you, but if you've get a good deal, even if the momentum turns against you, you'll still find a way to sell it at cost. You know what I'm saying? Like I, momentum, sure, um, but I usually, so I separate my investments into three different categories, obviously. There's ones that's like the hodl ones, like I, I will always hodl, I will always own a pump, like forever. Like if I sell one, I'll buy one right away. Um, I will always buy an ape. If I, if I sell one, I'll buy one right away. I did, maybe like within three days, but I'll definitely buy one again, you know? But there's also the medium term ones where I do the momentum play. I look at the momentum. I think that, you know, there's a lot of people talking about it. There's a lot of whales coming in. You look at some of the wallets that's buying, right? Whether it's like, you see Maki Big Brother buying it. You see some of these other apes buying it. And then you just like, okay, I got to have one as well. But there's also the snipe ones, right? The snipe ones is very, very short term. You don't care about momentum. All you care about is, did you get it a good deal or not? And worst case scenario, can you flip it in the same day? And if I feel like I can, I'll, I'll, I'll buy it. I don't look at momentum at all in that sense. Yeah, that's helpful. I think that's good. Um, So I know uh, this is definitely something that comes to mind as you're speaking. I know that in terms of sniping, it is you have to be the like you have to see the deal immediately because otherwise, like you said, there's other people that are sniping them up. So this is a this strategy that you used may not be for everyone because it is very time consuming. And I know that you had talked about, you know, taking a break for a while recently, um, kind of getting getting rid of most of your um, avatars, NFTs, so that you could kind of decompress. So I would like to hear a little bit more about kind of the uh, the toll and the amount of energy it took during this uh, few months span of you trying to continually find those deals. Yeah, so um, I... I'm just, I'm just, I'm just surrounded by a really good community here. I know, I know there's Evan, I think he's listening as well in this, in this, in this show. 
he's a very good friend of mine who's really helped me figure out this space. Um, that that and, and when you're doing it with a community, it really it, when you when you're doing it with friends, it's so much easier to tell what's a good deal and what's not because we're always talking about it all the time, right? Like you know, this attribute is really good. That attribute has a floor price of that. So it's it's much easier for me to do it with a community. And in that sense, I'm always getting information. So studying the market for me just comes naturally just because I'm always thinking and talking about it with my friends. Um, regarding sniping, right? I check recently listed whenever I have a free time, right? Like I'm in the bathroom, I'll check recently listed, right? Whenever I have access to the computer, I'll check recently listed. And you, you, you never know when those deals come at you, but you should just focus on like two or three projects that you know very well, and that's what you sign, right? Does it take a lot of time? Does it, is it tiring? I, I wouldn't say the work is tiring. What really makes me tired, to be honest, is dealing with, you know, the emotional side of things. I get so angry when I miss up opportunities. Like when I see, <laughs> I get so angry at myself when I know something is about to pump, but, you know, I, I didn't buy it on time or I, and, and that for me is super tiring, right? Like just missing out on stuff or selling too early. That is like so painful to a point where I'm just like, I think I should quit just because it's too painful to miss opportunity. And it's too painful to, to miss the top. Right. Um, I, I sold an ape, a really good ape, um, rank 600, um, uh, you know, like a, a beautiful one. I sold it a few days ago at 13 The goal was to upgrade to a better ape. And then suddenly last night, you know, um, it was announced where there was a rumor that Christie's was going to auction BAYC, right? And I kicked myself so much for that. I was like, I sold an ape for 13 That was really good. And suddenly now, um, I mean, if I kept it, I would have been able to sell it for 20 minimum right just because the floor mm -hmm. is already like 14 e's right now yeah you know and i kicked myself for that and this morning i i i was i was really kicking myself for not buying one because i could have bought one but i didn't i wanted to buy one but i didn't i waited for three days and three days was just too long in the nft space mm -hmm. right so when i talk about tiring and, and um and and i think it's more on the emotional toll uh, more of that and less of the work that i put in <laughs> Yeah, and I think um, I definitely I understand because especially when you know you got a good deal and you flip something for a profit, you know you get that uh, um, that not only that adre adrenaline rush, but also the dopamine kick of like it, it brings you a lot of excitement. Whenever you see things pumping, you get really excited, and at the same rate, when you see things pumping that you used to hold, you know it can also bring you down a little bit because you start thinking, oh man, what if why didn't I just keep that? And so one thing that I've learned in the years of investing that I didn't really uh, didn't have as much conviction about when I first started was trying to have a little more conviction in my trades. Um, and so I I'm 
also, um, it wasn't with NFTs, but it was with cryptocurrency and altcoins back in 2018. And there's similar things about quick flipping to be able to buy something else that, that loses value and be able to make money on that. And um, it goes well until it doesn't. And so I think one thing that I realized is I, I had to have a little more conviction. It sounds like as you continued on, you can you also kind of saw that as well. You talked about the projects that you kept coming back to and also projects that you really believed in. Um, and so I think one thing that I'm curious about is, have you ever thought about the fact that, you know, back in April, if you would have purchased, you know, spent that the amount of ETH that you had, even just that four ETH and put it all back into apes and let them just sit until today, you would probably be able to sell them for about the same amount as the, the flips that you've been doing for the last three months. Yeah, no, that, that that's that's a legit question. Well, so like the two E that I started with, obviously, that four trade laser eye rank fifty on rarity tools would be worth like fifty E today, right? I, I'm up more than that, more than that. So me, so definitely flipping for me was you know uh, was good for me, right? But it's also because when I bought my punks, I actually uh, added more. Uh, I don't know if I told you this or not, but when I was up around 30 something ETH, I, I needed to liquidate everything to buy my punk at 31 ETH. And I just couldn't do it because I, I really liked my apes and my, um, and my, and my cast at that time. And I helped uh, in the, every, a lot of other things and I just didn't want to sell them. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to buy 20 ETH. Um, with with Fiat, <laughs> and I just put in um, another twenty ETH just to buy that punk at thirty ETH, so I didn't have to sell my other stuff. So I did buy that punk for thirty ETH, and obviously that punk, you know, is is now like seventy ETH. I sold it for seventy just three days ago, and I and I returned back that twenty ETH to. I, I didn't turn it back to Fiat. Obviously now it's like I think half is BTC, half is ETH. But um, so, 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 so that's what happened. But yeah. if looking back, like, I, I think I would have, I would, I would have not made 70 if I didn't flip, definitely. Yeah, just finding, I mean, you definitely had um, a lot of success with the, the way that you handled it. But it's, um, I think that, like you said, like that momentum has been going up since April, especially in those core projects. I mean, with uh, Punks and um, the Apes specifically, those two projects have just rocketed and Apes just recently really took off. I think about how, you know, I, I, uh, I basically had a lot more conviction in gutter cats and, and traded all of my apes um, back in the beginning of June, right after, basically a week after the gutter cats came out. Um, I went ahead and sold wow. all, I sold all my apes and bought all gutter cats. And uh, my return is at this point, maybe a little less, but I, I think the cats are definitely going to be catching up uh, in, and they're already starting today as um, people get more equity from other trades that they sell off. So it's, uh, it is something that is something I think a lot about and trying not to kick myself um, about like not you know, keep it's easy to to live in a world of what ifs instead of like yeah. thinking about the moment and thinking about what you do have and being grateful for that. And so I, I appreciate that because I think 
it's easy. It, there's a lot of routes to be successful, and this is a big reason I want you, wanted you to be on the show because my uh, my core belief in uh, investment strategy is very different than the one that you're currently using, but both have been successful for both of us. And so it also goes to show that there's lots of different ways to find success, and you've got to really believe in what you're doing. I might not be as good of a sniper, at, for example, as you are. And another thing that I think is important is you talked about a lot of your friends do a similar type of strategy. And so you're able to talk with them and kind of um, like bounce ideas. And that's really helpful too. You've got to find a community where you're able to kind of work together and um, build a, not only a friendship, but also just continuing to find a way to uh, be successful in this space. Um, and so I'd like to know, um, you've met your ultimate goal of a crypto punk. Um, so what's next? Yeah, so um, uh, b- before I go there, I just want to mention about strategy. You know, my friends and I, we also don't have the same strategy, right? Um, you know, my uh, my good friend here, Evan, his strategy is very different than me. He's, he, he mints a lot, like a lot. And usually what he does is very smart. He usually keeps the best ones and sells off the rest. And usually by the time he sells off the rest, he's already in profit anyways. And then he'll just keep the best and he'll ride it right the best ones and usually the best ones become you know i don't know like 5 10 e 20 e in the future and he's just very good at like just hodling for the longest time so there is that strategy as well but you know for me what's what's my next step i i, I actually have no clue I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out um i know that you know um i i my my goal was you know obviously to make money but to have fun to make new friends which i've done um, they're, they're, you know, I've, I've, I've made, you know, I made so many friends through Twitter alone and through Discord. It's crazy. I mean, I, I never, I would never think of such thing. I would never think that such thing is possible. And, but you know, my, my ultimate goal, I'm, I'm still, I'm still figuring it out. I mean, I know, I know, maybe I want to upgrade my park. I don't know. I, um, I, I don't know my goal. I'm still, I'm still figuring it out. Yeah, I think that is that is an interesting thing to that the dynamic um, in investing because as an investor, you know, I have I have goals too, and it's like as soon as I reach a goal that I thought was unobtainable, it's like okay, now it doesn't. You have when you're reaching for a goal when it comes to financial motivation, uh, it seems like when you get to this goal, you're going to be happy and you're, you everything's going to like nothing else has to happen. It's like you've got victory, but then you get there and you're like, oh wait, okay, that's cool. Now, now what do I do? <laughs> and it's like, okay, now let's like I got to figure out something else. Otherwise, you kind of lose drive. And so I just wanted to ask that because it is like you said, like you, you take a step back and now you're like, okay, now what do I want to do next? And it's, it's kind of, it's a good thing because that means that you're getting the success that you, um, had wanted to attain and now you're able to set new objectives. And so I'll be, I'll be curious to hear, cause I know that you kind of took a step back in the space. I'm curious if when you get back in, if you think you'll just continue doing your sniping or you think you'll get a little more into like medium to long-term holds that you just have more conviction about. Yeah, so so I did get back in um, today. I actually splurged today. Oh, good. Uh, what did you buy? 20... Yeah, so I bought a twenty-five ETH eight this morning. Uh, you know, for you, 
probably it probably means last night, but it's it's like one a.m. my time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, this morning I I bought a twenty-five ETH ape. I was really lucky. Again, it was a snipe. You know, I I I I was I was I was really disappointed in myself not owning an ape. And I was super frustrated that I, I just sold at the wrong time and I didn't buy one fast enough, right? But I was looking at Twitter and um, Chris, I don't know if you know him, I think his handle is Chris Universe. Um, he tweeted on, there was an ape that he thought was severely underpriced. And I was like, and, and he said like, this should be sold within minutes. So I, 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 I looked it up and it was an ape with a board pizza board pizza ape and that time the board pizza floor was already 25e and um floor was climbing up really fast and the rank was 166 on rarity tools and i was like i'm gonna buy this so i bought it right away i think i bought it within like two minutes of his tweet so i was really lucky but there was also another snipe that currently the the, the floor of board ape pizza board pizza is 40 and and i think the floor is like a uh, an ape that's not very good looking in my opinion <laughs> or the, the 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 ranking is not very high so i'm 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 quite confident that if i list my ape like at 38 it'll probably get sold within two days but that's also another side that i did but something that i'm gonna hold long term just because it's a very good ape it's rank 166 it has a you know it has a main trait that i really like which is the pizza it's, it's an easy hold for me Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, I, I also bought um, blocks. I bought, I don't even know how to pronounce this. It's like FQ Monopolis. Is that how you pronounce it? You yeah, for, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've been looking at it for the longest time. I really like it. I, I work in real estate. So mm-hmm. when I see buildings and stuff, architecture, that's something that I really like. I saw FQ Monopolis probably like a few weeks ago when the floor was 3 e and I didn't buy one just because I was really, I'm really scared of art blocks. Actually, I'm still not convinced of art blocks just because there's so much supply. Like there's supply coming in every single day. I think there's, there's, there's something to mint on art blocks every day. And I'm not sure whether though, you know, there's only like 6,000 people who owns art blocks. So I'm not convinced that, you know, the demand will be able to meet the supply. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason why I didn't buy it. But today I was just like, there's a really good-looking IQ Monopolis at 60, and I really wanted it. And I FOMO'd in because my friend got it because <laughs> Evan bought one, and I was like, okay, I gotta get one as well. <laughs> right on. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting. I do think Art Blocks is a unique, uh, a unique project because it's like um, sub projects within a bigger project, and so you have to look a little deeper than just you have to kind of evaluate each one individually. Um, and so, in in the long term, I think some of the projects in Art Blocks will continue to be in the forefront, and some will maybe take a little more of a backseat. But it is it's it's not as clear cut um, when you just look at a uh, avatar project versus what art blocks is doing they're both important but they're just different so thank you so much um chip for sharing your story i think it's uh so cool and i wanted to just be one of i'm sure so many people have told you but um 
big congratulations to go from two Ethereum and basically have enough uh, Ethereum after three months of just being all in and sniping and trading to work your way up to a punk and then and then even accidentally flipping that punk at a price you didn't think anyone would buy and almost doubling your money on the punk within like a week. I saw that and was like, that blew my mind. So um, huge congrats on all your success. And I just, I wish continued success for you um, in trading and in um, the NFT world. Um, and we've got to get, I, did you ever get a gutter cat again? I know you're a fan of them. I'm, I'm going to need to work on you to get you back in the gutter cat game before they really explode. <laughs> you know, I've, I I really like the gutter cat community. I really think it's probably the best in the whole NFT space. And I held a gutter cat. I think I held two at one point, and I held it for quite a while. Uh, you know, just because I like the community, and and I think uh, I think I think you guys are so hyped that <laughs> I, I I just love it. But the only reason why I'm not in it is because I'm actually starting to think that the three thousand cap is actually not a good thing. That's probably um, a conversation yeah. another time. Yeah, no, we we could <laughs> talk about that. I think that um, yeah. I think that that won't that comment won't age very well in the next few months. I know, um, I know. And I know, so I, I have no clue. I think uh, I think we'll let time be the test of that. There's not really a reason. I th- I'm a big uh, believer in. Um, you know, we could, you could go back and forth and art and we could articulate what the reasoning and rationale behind. I do think that the start of the momentum was definitely slower for the gutter cats for multiple reasons. One of which is because there was no market makers really in the entire community. And I think that's one of my strongest, uh, convictions around the gutter cat community is that there wasn't none of the big NFT, uh, influencers are really in the space as a matter of fact a lot of them shit post about the gutter cats and to see where they came that's kind of i didn't i'm i'm along the um, line with you that i don't really mint because i um just just feel like i don't have as much luck with minting so i just focus more on watching and then when i have conviction about a project if it's going to do well that's when i jump in and it only took a week for the gutter cats for me to be full conviction because i saw the community and um and and now you're starting to see it i mean the floor just hit two ethereum and when you think about that and how big that is considering that literally there is no really big market makers in that space it's something that's unheard of um you because when you look at board apes and when you look at crypto punks there's one person that led to the beginning of those markets and his name is pranksy and you know who he is and so when you have someone like that that buys up a ton of the supply and slowly lets it release um that's a huge deal because he can help make the market work and uh when you don't have that it takes a little more time but once it starts to move because it's going to move very fast um and so that's why i hope you uh, I hope I can get you to get a gutter cap before it really takes off because um, I would put money and I would make a bet that the gutter cat floor will pass the board ape floor um, by the end of the year. And and you can um, mark my words on that. I, I really believe that. And it's not it's not because the board apes are necessarily a lesser project. It's more because of the supply that you were saying may um, be looked at as like something that could hurt it. But in the end, when you have a 
supply that's so low, it also means that the supply crunch can really get crazy. Yeah, no, uh, that's for real. That, that could definitely happen, and I could be completely wrong. And I'm still asking myself whether I want back in or not. The answer is yes. You need to get back in. And if you hit up the Discord, there's a lot of gutter cats here who will help you get in right away because we are pumped to get Chip back in the gutter cat game and get a hodl cat, you know, one that you have conviction that you're yeah. going to hold on to and not, you know, you have that success and the Ethereum to do it now. So before it gets too crazy, I'd love to get you back in um, just just to be part of the community because, you know, that is in essence a big reason that people stay is after, that's actually, I bought one gold tatted cat and I still had five apes. Um, and just because I was like, wow. oh wow, this gold tatted a cat is going to be is like no one's looking at the cats i need to buy this you know now before it gets crazy and then i when i got in the cat community i was like holy shit these guys are crazy and they're a lot of fun and uh and i really enjoyed the community as opposed to when i was in the apes for a few weeks i i just um I don't know. It just didn't feel the same. And I think anyone that's in the CAC community understands what that means. And so that's another thing that really will help push the project as well. Um, but yeah, man, I really would love to see you get back in the gutter cat gang because I, I do have a lot of conviction around what they're doing. And I think that, um, but in, at the end of the day, like you said, the apes and the gutter cats and the punks and any project, there's a lot of them out there that really have good developers. They're all going to do well. So it's going to be interesting to see, um, um, by December, you know, we may have to get you back on the show so we can kind of look back at this recording and see, sure. you know, what happened uh, with some of our with some of the things that we're talking about. All right, Chip, let's yeah. go ahead. I would love, uh, let's go ahead and have some people hop on stage if you have a question. I know that, Evan, I'd love to hear kind of your journey and uh, also just kind of telling us how you got involved um, with Chip and helping him out. I think it would be fun to kind of hear how you were almost like a mentor to him. If you have um, a minute to come on stage, I'll ask you to speak. But we're going to move into Community Corner, so uh, let's do it. If you have a question for Chip, go ahead and uh, hit that request button now and come on stage so that we can have you um, ask him. Or if you are in the gutter cat gang and, and just really want to get him back in the gang as well, get up here so you can say uh, something pretty pretty fun and get, get him back in the gang with us. Um, one person was asking, uh, I think they heard kind of about the time, the time zone. They were asking uh, where you're from. Yeah, so I'm I'm from Indonesia, um, but I, I studied in the states for four years, which is why you know I can speak English and all that. Um, but I'm from Indonesia, so it's one one fifteen a.m. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's have you noticed with um, being? I think that's so cool having almost a borderless community, and it's so nice that the market's always open, and it's such a hard thing when you, especially with you being in finance. Um, I imagine that the you had to basically be awake when the market was awake. Yeah, so so I'm not in finance anymore. I'm in real estate. Um, I basically we 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 built houses, and 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 you know malls and apartments and and those things. Um, so I I do have a full time job, <laughs> but at night this is all I do in Indonesia. If you guys don't know, it's, there is a lockdown, so technically I can't go anywhere. I work from home, um, and and there's nothing to do at night. So this this every, every night all I do is just look at NFTs. <laughs> 
Right on. Uh, that's got to be. I mean, it's it's fun, right? It's it's just a it's a great oh, it's, way it's to so great way to pass the time. All right, I'm gonna get the coup the coup J up here, and we'll see if he has a question. Um, he asked. He was one of the people that asked that question. And do you know who? Sure. The, and then, oh, I think he dropped out. So that was the only question that someone asked. I'm not seeing any other speakers. I asked Evan, uh, I asked him to come up here, but I think he may not be able to get on stage at the moment. So we're going to, I'm going to stick around for a little bit if there are other questions. Oh, Ron, Ron is a longtime listener. Really appreciate Ron always um, coming up on stage and asking really thoughtful questions. So let's bring him up real quick. Go ahead, Ron. Thanks for coming on. All right, Ron. Go ahead, Ron. Ron, are you there? Oh, yeah, I'm here. Go ahead, Ron. No, no worries. Awesome. Hey, Sip City, what's going on, man? Good, man. Good, good. Love hearing that story. I just wanted to pop up here. Uh, kind of rub elbows with a legend man that's from two to a punk i gotta say that's that's an impressive situation oh thank you thank you but i do i i mean i i know i know it seems like a lot but i mean i've talked to some people in this space who's you know turned two to much more than what i've made it's it's crazy <laughs> yeah no absolutely i i could totally appreciate that uh, what, yeah, yeah yeah so outside of Outside of the crypto world and the NFT space, I understand that you can't really do too much right now. But like, what are some of your other other things to pass the time other than NFTs? Oh well, I have a two-year-old, you know, so that that takes a lot of my time, right? <laughs> uh, but mostly, it's just work, um, spend the time with my wife and my kid, and then um, NFTs. That's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I, I I used to play a lot of basketball. Obviously, not anymore. That's a good question. I mean, I think it is important. And I think, Ron, thanks for asking that, because it is like NFTs take so much of our time and our uh, our our thoughts that it's almost like it almost consumes us. So it is a, it is kind of a nice reminder to be like, uh, what other things do I enjoy? I also have a two year old, so I thought that was cool. Um, Evan, yeah. what's going on, Evan? Hey, what's up? Hey, Evan, I wanted to give you a huge shout out because before uh, Chip actually came up on the show, I was talking to him just about kind of the relationship that you guys had. And so um, what I would be interested to hear kind of how cool it was to see him on the journey after you kind of got him motivated to start and just like see him work his way up. That had to have been super fun and like inspirational Um and a humbling experience as someone that was his mentor. You have no idea how exciting it was to have a friend, you know, being in the NFT space is kind of a lonely thing. You know, most people don't really get what you're doing. You, you buy these JPEGs and you can't really celebrate with anyone. Cause they'll just think you're, you're mad. You're crazy. You know, like how much did you buy that eight for? And how much <laughs> did you sell that eight for? Right. And they just won't get it, you know? Yeah. So having, having a friend, having a friend, he's also my groomsman from a wedding too. Oh, wow. Um, to be, to be in this journey with me is definitely amazing. Now I can, I can share all my excitements and all my purchases yes. and my sales with uh-huh. somebody and, and he's excited about it too. And whenever he buys something, I'm excited about it too. 
So we get excited about each other's purchases and sales, and we just you, you know, we'll always pump each other up every day. What so year did you get into the space? Really, really fun. Um, I actually started pretty small. I dabbled in Axie Infinity and CryptoKitties last year okay. during the the hype of DeFi summer. Okay, yeah. Uh, I kind of dabbled in a little bit of NFTs here and there, but I didn't really go too deep into into them until this year. So this year, I started to go into NBA Top Shot. That was kind of like my first um, head first dive into NFTs, I guess. Um, and that that community kind of like pointed me towards all sorts of different other directions. Um, I saw Jack Settleman bought uh, CryptoPunk earlier in, I think, January or February. And that was, that was kind of like the first brush that I have towards the premium, more expensive NFTs. Yeah. And that's what got me in, really. So did you did you get into the pre-sale of the apes really hard? I minted twelve apes. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> yeah, it's it's so, so cool. It, it wasn't a lot. <laughs> they, I mean, twelve is still plenty. Twelve is plenty now. No, you, you know, Evan Evan has um, Evans has like he mints all the time. So so he he gets a good percentage of of winning from from mintings, right? And I think I think in your mint you got like one one um, dagger, right? You got one unshaven board pizza, right? And then you got mm-hmm. another crown, I think, right? You got you got like uh, wow. like probably the best mints of of anybody who minted twelve, right? Probably. I mean, it would have been <laughs> it would be worth like I don't know, it would be worth like a hundred ETH or. More two hundred ETH maybe. Because... Oh man, don't remind me of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it is. It's hard to look back. I mean, thinking about what my apes would be worth now that I had like um, I had a noise ape and I had a robot ape uh that had a sailor cap uh a captain hat on him and I just like I ha- I mean none of my apes were floor apes I I never like getting floors uh and so it's just crazy to think like how much my apes would be worth now but I think it goes back to show the importance of conviction right like if you really really believe in what yeah. you're buying in it really doesn't matter because like my conviction on gutter cats is just as strong as it was with the apes and so I I just and I've I, and being in the space a little longer I remember when I was into altcoins and crypto and um trying to maneuver and move into this so that I could, you know, buy back and buy more of something else. It just, when you get into that game, it gets dangerous. And I lost a lot of money doing that. So you start to learn and uh, control your emotions more. But it is, it is always interesting to go back and be like, wow, that ape I have now is worth, (laughs) I mean, you even see Pranksy doing it, right? And he, he basically made the entire market. He knows, he, he still has super rare ones, but he still looks back and thinks like, uh, you know, wow, I could have had a hundred ETH for something I sold for two ETH like a month and a half ago. No, he, he only has one left. Does he only have one left at this point? That's awesome. He only has one left. Shows the power, the power of the market maker. You know, I think he started with hundreds, like four or 500 of them. A thousand two hundred, I think. Really? See, oh, it's yeah. insane. It's insane. And it's, it's, insane. it's, yeah. it's uh, what he did. He did the same thing with the punks. I remember when I first got into the NFT space. It was actually September of last year, and uh, wow. and so I did not get punks. Um, partly because I saw this guy Pranksy on Rarible selling a bunch of these wrapped punks, and I was like, "Those look like shit. What is that?" I didn't know anything really about punks, but I was like, "Why would anyone spend two Ethereum on that?" And I was like. 
like I didn't buy them and I bought a bunch of stuff that basically went to zero. And now it's like, wow, if I would have just bought all punks with my 15 Ethereum back then, I would be a multimillionaire now just with my punks alone. But that's a, that's kind of the learning experience you go through, right? <laughs> Yep. So yep, yep. you you learn, you make better choices, and you end up uh, you end up doing well. So um, I just want to thank everyone, uh, Evan. Thanks for coming up too and sharing. And thank you so much again, Chip, for coming on. If you haven't followed him on uh, Twitter, I definitely recommend it so you can continue seeing his journey play out, and it'll be fun to see what he does after this. Um, but thank you so much for coming on the show. And if you missed any part of the show, I'm going to get this recorded. Uh, um, this recording up in just a few minutes after we get off. Uh, but you can go to the crazyaboutcryptoshow.com and listen to the live podcast if you miss any of it. Uh, it's fun to hear Evan talk about his journey. Um, and we're going to stay on for a little bit uh, for an after party just for a few minutes. Try to get Evan or try to get Chip uh, and maybe Evan too to get Guttercat back in their wallets. So uh, you can stick around for that. Uh, but until next time, we'll see you in the metaverse. <laughs>